We've heard songs about love and about happiness and about summertime. But what about songs about justice? We'll find out on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey friends, welcome to Inverse. We are in a special segment for 13 weeks studying the topics of justice and mercy throughout the Bible. On this episode, we are looking at the book of Psalms, which was the, basically the hymn book for the ancient Hebrews. So with me today in the studio is Siku, Israel, and Sebastian, who are all renowned lyricists in their own right. And uh, we're going to be looking at different songs in the Bible. Amen. So we need some prayer. Amen. Amen. All right, we're gonna be we're gonna be rapping. We're gonna be singing, and no, no yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe just some Christmas gifts. Uh, so, Siku, can you pray for us, and we'll read a Bible verse and yeah. get into scripture. Let's pray. Loving Father, we're thankful that you are a God of justice. We're thankful that um, when we see injustice all over and everywhere, we can have the confidence that you care. And so, as we study your word, we pray that our hearts would be drawn closer to you, that we would gain a deeper understanding and a knowledge of who you are that would transform our lives. We pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 Let's go to Psalms 82. 82. Let's start from verse 1 through 4. And Israel, can you read those verses sure. for Isaiah? Uh, not Isaiah. <laughs> Psalms 42. You are Israel, not Isaiah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for Psalms noticing. 82. Appreciate that. All right. Psalms 82, verse 1. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and the needy. Free them from the hand of the wicked. All right. So, Sebastian, what's going on here? Not just in this verse... But you see this theme throughout the Psalms, throughout the books. Um, elaborate on this for well, us. Well, I think what you're seeing is a, is a prayer for justice, right? For God to intervene on behalf of those who are oppressed and to make sure that what has now been made out of whack by wicked, evil, sinful men, God wants to restore that Like, is balance. he praying to God for them or is he praying on their be? I mean, what, what is really, the direction He's really interceding on? on behalf of those who are oppressed. Because okay. when you look at verse 2, he says, how long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? And he's pleading to God to defend, right? He's inviting God to come into the situation. Mm-hmm. So he really may not be oppressed himself, mm-hmm. but he's taking it upon himself and his heart that the injustice that he sees, he brings that to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very interesting prayer because we know that God knows all things, but yet and still sometimes it can feel as if God is ignoring or God is overlooking or God is not really um, taking action the way that we human beings expect God to take action. Mm -hmm. And his answer to that is not to go into discouragement or to doubt God, but to bring a very passionate prayer and plea to God. Is is it weird? Let's let's talk about the form of this. In a couple episodes, I believe we'll look at the prophets Mm -hmm. and how the prophets are spokes spokesperson for God yes. and, and asking and demanding or, or preaching, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, f- to the people for justice and, and for mercy. Uh, but here we have a song. We have poetry. Yes. Um, Israel, what's, explain the form of this. What's cool, what's cool about this is the fact that here you have a, a, a person, a human being, who is speaking this way to God. Mm. And, and, and the crazy thing is that God doesn't respond 
by wiping this person away, right? I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine if someone says, if someone comes to you and says, "How long will you judge unjustly?" You're like a judge, and someone comes to you and says, "Hey, how long are you going to judge unjustly?" Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, um, this is something like my kids would tell me, you know, at home, "Hey, how come you're so mean?" Right? Why? When are you going to become a nice dad? Your sons yeah. say this. Yeah, yeah, they'll say these <laughs> things in kind. They uh-huh. won't say those specific <laughs> words, but uh-huh. you know, they'll, they'll they'll come to me and they'll they'll have a miss understanding of my character or a misunderstanding of the situation mm-hmm. and 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 the thoughts that go through my mind are man you little child you don't even know what's going on and you're coming here with your little complaints god can respond <laughs> to uh his us people yeah way. to us in that way but he doesn't he listens and not just in 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 psalms but you you have this throughout the bible even the book of habakkuk mm-hmm. habakkuk is going to do something similar where he's asking god how long will you not hear how long will you not listen and so here you have an element or we have a picture of even the justice of God and that he allows us to present our case and to be ourselves in presenting the case without him prematurely, uh, uh, you know, or not prematurely, but without him rebuking or punishing mm-hmm. uh, uh, David for having those thoughts to begin with or mm-hmm. for expressing those thoughts. Could it be also in verse 3 and 4 that this is what God is saying to us, Siku? Yeah, I, w- I was actually thinking uh, this goes beyond the scope of the verses that we read, but by the end of the chapter where mm-hmm. um, the psalmist says, Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all mm. nations. So it is um, going back to God. Right, so, so he, he directs this plea that God arise and judge the earth, um, which makes me think about in the beginning where he's saying about un- injustice and not defending the poor and the fatherless and calling for those to defend the poor and the fatherless. It seems like he's calling for God's people to be part of this action of showing justice and showing mercy to the poor, to the fatherless, the afflicted and the needy, mm-hmm. um, to deliver them and free them from the hand of the wicked. Mm-hmm. Psalms 82, really, to me, I see a lot of language about justice and judgment going on. Uh, today, in our day and age, we are not so uh, so favorable towards judgment. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to get away no. from it. Are you judging me? Stop judging me. We we want to just let do our own thing. But here, it's the psalmist is pleading for judgment. He's looking forward to that day when God will not be silent, and the the judgment will be um, will be mm-hmm. will, executed. will be executed. Uh, throughout the land. But I think I think it's it's also not only is the man, you know, with Asaph in this psalm bringing it to God, but I also feel like God put it in his heart to do that. Mm-hmm. He's also speaking on behalf of God to rulers, to people in positions. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, yeah, he's coming to God and how long will you judge unjustly? You may feel that way, but I also feel that God is speaking through him mm-hmm. and has put that burden into his heart. Mm-hmm. Because when you when you look at how we we may feel about justice in our world today, you know, you could easily understand how God could put that in someone's heart to go to someone who is not behaving justly in their position as a judge, right, as a DA, as a police officer, as whatever. And you say, look, you're not operating justly, you know, and in, and in this sense, God expects people whom he has given positions of responsibility to execute justice just as he would execute it. 
you know, given his position and authority in the universe. Mm -hmm. The perspective of justice is also interesting. It says, defend the poor and the fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and the needy. Mm -hmm. Normally, when we think about the afflicted and the needy, we're not thinking about justice, but we're thinking about mercy, right? If someone's in need, we mm -hmm. need to help them. We need to have mercy on them. And so here you have a mingling of these two, th these two terms. To do mercy or to do justice is to have mercy. And Beautiful. I think that's what's expressed in the passage here mm -hmm. as well. So our definition of, of justice is not necessarily uh, equality, but it's the assisting, the helping. We do, we do justly by doing what God would do in that situation, which would be to help. That's what it means to do justly. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it makes me think a, a, few, a couple episodes back, though, you know, when, if, if justice has to do with equitable distribution of what, what is rightfully deserved by a person, mm. um, for to do justice to one who is needy is to say that them being needy, there is something that is due them. You know, there, there, there is, uh, in the New Testament, it talks about owing no man anything but love. You know, so mm -hmm. like you, you actually owe the needy something. Like we, there's something that we owe to them, but what we owe to them is from the perspective of who God has created them to be. It's in the light of who God is mm -hmm. that there's a set, certain sense of justice that is due to somebody that is poor, somebody that is needy, mm -hmm. that I need to participate in because of who God has made them to be. Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm recognizing that your poverty, um, you being poor and me having means, were, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's actually an injunction upon me to do something about it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's an... Uh, I don't, like, am I making sense? Like, yeah, there's a there's I a justice it. that needs to there's an equitability that needs to come out of that experience. Because that, God is calling you as the person with means to bring that justice by your giving and your mercy. Absolutely, you. okay. I think it's because I think that's profound. Because in verse four it says, "Free them from the hand of the wicked." So clearly, wicked is not so much defined in a literal violation of God's explicit commandment as it is a lacking of that spirit of saying, "You know what." I should feel that it's unjust that I have means and you do not. And you sit here in poor and poverty and I sit here in excess. I, my desire for justice automatically compels me to mercy. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give because I want this to be equitable. Mm -hmm. I want you to have what I have, right? I want it, you to it's, be... It's, uh, let me ask you this question. It's easy to talk about these things around a round table and, <laughs> uh, and, 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 and talk. And, and, and I, I'm having a good time here. Uh, but who are the needy? Who are the fatherless? Is this on one level to, to be taken literal? The fatherless, the widows, the needy, the afflicted. But in a practical application, uh, people are watching the show on, on social media or on some, some a hotel in, on, 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 a, on, on Hope TV, on, on a satellite <laughs> somewhere. And what, what implication does it have for them? Especially in the form of this song, when mm. it goes to them. Yeah. Well, if 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 you have the ability to defend, then do you it. Defend. Yeah. That's, yes. That's simply what it means. Whenever you're in a position, whenever you, what the implication here is that you have the ability to do something about what is going on. You're in a position of advantage. You're stronger than a person that is being that is attacking someone else. So you have the ability to defend mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And so that's simply what it means. To execute justice is to use your God-given powers mm -hmm. for the sake of helping others who do not have 
what you have. Mm -hmm. And how does that happen? That happens when you recognize that what you have is that not actually yours, but it is a lent and borrowed treasure from God. Mm -hmm. when, when we recognize that and then we have the ability to help someone else, then we are essentially defending. I also, I also think about, you know, in my personal life when I was growing up in Chicago and you had the influence of gangs and this driving your mentality, there was a lunch lady, you know, at my, at my elementary school that my dad wasn't around, mm -hmm. right? And so, and my mom is working as a single mom all day long. So in a sense, you're kind of fatherless, right? You're just kind of rolling through life and whoever's willing to take you under their arm and wing, you're going to follow that. And she saw that the gangs were influencing my behavior, how I dressed, how I interacted with people. And because of that, she came in the lunch line and she would say, well, I'm not going to serve you food unless your pants are pulled up and your shirt's tucked in and all this stuff. And you're like, man, this lady's annoying, right? But you want to eat. And she used the fact that here she was as a lunch lady influencing us young kids, not a teacher, not a principal. But she's like, Sebastian, you know, this is not um, she was delivering me from the hand of people who really didn't have my best interests in mind by taking that role not just defending me, but also delivering me from their hand by saying, this is the correct mindset. Mm -hmm. You're here to learn. You're here to do this. And that's not, you know, um, it looks hard to be bullying people or to say, hey, this is what I'll do to you if you don't do what I want. But in reality, true character, true value wasn't behaving this way. Mm -hmm. And she, in a sense, was executing that kind of mercy and justice. Mm -hmm. You know, when I look at this first, I'm, I, I, I take a different take maybe from the rest of you guys. Mm -hmm. And when we come from when back from the break, I'll talk about my perspective on Psalms 82, that difference from these three. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back, friends. We're in Psalms 82. We're looking at the different songs of the Old Testament. In Psalms 82, verse 1, says, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. That, that, that term, gods, should not freak us out. Uh, it is not talking about the existence of other gods out there, but the existence of other powers out there that have the position to provide justice. So these are the other kings, the rulers, the, the sheriffs, as you all mentioned. And it says that God stands in this congregation of the mighty. He judges amongst these gods. God is amongst these authorities. Yeah. And then in verse 2, it says, How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? So on one level, this accusation is to these human leaders who are not... Uh, judging correctly. Right. But to a certain degree, it is also the question is pointed to God because of his silence. Yep. And so there is a level of, God, you're not doing anything. Do something. And this comes in the form of a song. So this is not only a, a preach, uh, a sermon or, or whatnot. This comes as, look, how long do I have to wait? And you see that theme all throughout the Bible, yes. all, all the Psalms. How long do I have to wait? How long do I have to wait? And in verse 3, as you guys mentioned, which I totally agree, uh, verse 3 and 4, defend the poor, do justice, deliver, free. These are talking to these authorities. But in a certain way, it's also telling God, like, do something. Right. Do something. And in verse 5, they do not know, they do not understand. These are about these, these authorities of this world. And they said, you are gods and all of you are children of the Most High. You, you have this position because God gave this position to you. You are children of God. But in the end, you shall die like men. 
And in the end, you shall fall like one of the princes. And in verse 8, the real, the real hope is, Arise, O God, you are the ultimate judge of the earth, for you shall inherit all nations. And it's this song that this, 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 psalm, this psalm, psalmer, psalmist, psalm, psalm, psalmizer. The, this song dude, song dudette, I don't know who this person is. Psalmist. Uh, it's a psalm of Asaph, so Asaph, who this yeah. dude Asaph is. It's like waiting so hard. Mm-hmm. And it's the song that this person sings while waiting for God's justice. Mm. And as a Christian, sometimes we see God's justice right away right. through human um, powers. Sometimes we don't. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we won't see it even after death. We will see it at, at the, the ultimate consummation, the second coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, in someone, on, one, on one level, it's, it's awesome. On another level, my impatience, my childness, like your son's, like, I want it resolved now, mm-hmm. and it won't be. Yeah. But the song keeps us there. Yeah. I like, we'll go to a uh, sequence special. I, I like the, the, I guess, the tension that comes between... Tension, The tension yes. that you brought totally. between the, the human um, injunction, like the, the responsibility that we have, mm-hmm. you know, to, to execute ju- justice, mm-hmm. um, and the ultimate responsibility that is God's, you know, mm-hmm. because no matter how much justice we may bring to a situation, ultimately God is the righteous judge. Correct. You know, he's yeah. the one who can right all wrongs. Um, but I believe that... The, the beauty of that tension is that when I see injustice and I am in a position to do something about it, like Israel spoke about, mm-hmm. um, if I am in a position to do something about it, then I have a responsibility must do it. Yeah. to Absolutely. do something about it. Absolutely. But also recognizing there are situations where I am not in a position to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And in this, especially in this age of information and you hear about all the stuff going on around the world, slavery in different places, different types of slavery that are happening in this current day and age. And you can get tempted to feel powerless, you know, and even if, even if I donate money to help end slavery, help end the sex trade, or mm-hmm. what, what is it going to ultimately do because it's such a huge problem? Um, the ability to wait on God also means that I can act in the situations where I'm able to, and in the situations where I'm not able to, I can trust in a God who I can wait for His judgment, mm-hmm. that ultimately He will make all things right. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, I, I love what you said, Justin, because, you know, songs, especially in the Bible, typically come from experience. Yes. Right? And the whole idea that the profundity of what you just you know, kind of summarized and and, and encapsulated in what you said, it drives you to the point that you're saying to God how long, but actually most of the psalm is to say you're actually his answer, Mm. right? And the fact that in the end, if you don't do it, God will do it. Yeah, that's right. Right? That's right. And so the psalm is... That implicit message is inferred in the psalm. Yes, So it's like, listen, justice will come one way or the other. Yeah. And his preferred method is human beings. So that while we wait for ultimate, true, pure justice from God in circumstances that are beyond our human ability, we are to wait for God. But at the same time, we're supposed to be working, mm-hmm. bringing the little bit of justices that we can bring where we can. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the song that reminds us, yes, ultimately we wait for God's justice, but it is not a license to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you are his method. You are God's answer mm-hmm. to the prayer from the oppressed and the poor. And we have the power to clear up God's reputation mm-hmm. by taking action in an unjust situation. Mm-hmm. And we're not just the answer to the to the prayer of the of the of the oppressed. We're the answer to the prayer of God. 
right. according mm -hmm. to what you were just mentioning, mm -hmm. right? Which I thought made a lot of sense. It said in, in, in verse 1, it says, God stands, and now I see where you're coming from, which is actually uh, correct. It's in sync, but it's just from yeah. the, the other perspective. Yeah. Yes. It says, God stands in the congregation of the mighty, which are the, the lowercase gods, and he judges among the gods, and then he's the one that's saying, God is the one that's saying, how long will you judge unjustly? Mm. And so uh, what, what's, what, what emerges here for me is the fact that God is going to hold and he holds people who have the ability to defend but do not defend. In other words, these lowercase gods, leaders. God holds leaders at a high accountability standard. Mm -hmm. And for those of us who are in a position to quote-unquote judge, to produce not, uh, justice in the form of mercy, but do not, those people God will hold accountable to the highest standard. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what the psalm is, all, is also saying that, God is getting fed up with the fact that we, as his people, with positions of, of power and ability, do not take advantage of these gifts to help others. Which, at that moment, is the ultimate justice. Yeah. Yep. Not only are the oppressed being, being righted, but also those who were doing the oppressing are also being judged. It's a clean sweep on every angle That's possible. Right. And this is why we're waiting. And, and that, 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 should, this, that should drive us to wait, give us hope. And that's built, baked in, built into this song. I, yeah. I, there's something powerful about using the aesthetic, yes. not, not just the polemic, but an aesthetic, a song to communicate that patience. Absolutely. I, I just wanted to go back to what Israel had said earlier about um, the, who this is speaking to, who should defend the poor and the fatherless. And he had mentioned before that it's those who are in a position to be able to do something. Mm -hmm. um, and it reminds me of a story I read about Corrie ten Boom, um, yeah. who um, she grew, when she was growing up, she said that her family, she never considered her family to be poor. Um, because as she grew up, her mother, every week, she would make, you know, pot of soup or she'd make food and they would go around in the community and distribute the food to the poor people. Mm. And it's only when she became an adult that she realized, looking at their finances and how things were, that they were actually poor. But when she was growing up, she never thought of herself as poor because they were helping the poor people. Mm, yeah. um, and it makes it, it, when I read that story, it just made me think that, no matter how awful my situation is, that's right. Well, all, everyone is in a position to help somebody else. Like yeah. there's someone who has a situation that is maybe I am in a worse situation financially, but they're in a worse situation emotionally, mm -hmm. and I'm able to minister to them, and I owe them that ministry, you mm. know. Um, so that who who is supposed to defend the poor, the fatherless, the afflicted, the needy? That word needy. Everybody has a need, and we are able to meet those needs even when I have my own needs. And in doing that, God actually blesses me, you know. And, and you, as, as human beings, we're never truly fully in the position of the afflicted. We may be partially, yeah. but in a different sphere, uh -huh. we're also in the position of being in the mighty as <laughs> yes. well. And so we got to be careful that we're not pointing the finger too much because we may be on the recipient end on a different in a different framework. I mean, which is okay. a crazy concept. That, that is a, that is that you're that, you have. These... I'm getting guilty for a lot of things all of a sudden. So <laughs> this, is, this is getting deep. This is getting deep. Because Smashing. you could be a lowercase G God, but you're also in a sense a poor and a needy individual. Yeah. And so it's like God is demanding you: How long will you judge unjustly yeah. when you're so focused on your own pain and right. need that's holding you back? So it's like here's God likes to use these broken vessels, right, in order to serve and satisfy the thirst of someone else. Mm -hmm. And I think that's 
um, such a, a deep and profound point that God almost wants to bring us outside of our pain, mm-hmm. which goes back to God himself, who is, well, sin and rebellion has brought all this pain to God's heart from the very beginning. And yet God overlooks his pain, right, to minister and to serve. Mm-hmm. And so in this sense, he's saying, again, his example, his righteousness and what he's presenting, he's demanding of humanity. Again, yes, you have your pain, but you have to look even further beyond that pain mm-hmm. to someone else's pain, mm-hmm. which in the end is going to come back fully to me, as you said, and I'm going to even it out for everybody, mm-hmm. for the ruler who was broken and for the one who was poor and needy mm-hmm. and was receiving. I mean, mm-hmm. the most profound picture I, I can think of that is Jesus Christ, you know, at at the end of his life in particular, you know, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, all the weight of the, of the, of the sins of the world are being placed on his shoulders. And his, his disciples are falling asleep. And, and, you know, he says, you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's on the cross. He is dying for our sins. And he looks at his mother and he cares about who's yeah. going to take care yeah. of his mother, you yeah. know. And he's in the position of ultimate, ultimate affliction. Exactly. Yet he's looking out for his mom. Precisely. Oh, yeah. And, and he's a like, widow. Father, father, forgive them mm, because right. they don't know what they're doing. I mean. Powerful. I think that is the ultimate picture of, of, of this the gospel, mm-hmm. which, which mm-hmm. points to the mm-hmm. fact that every time we do justice and every time we have mercy, we are essentially experiencing the, what it ultimately means to be like God, to be, to be Christ-like. Mm-hmm. And uh, whenever we have the ability to show, to do to others what Christ has done for us, we're essentially doing the very work that Jesus did throughout all his life. Mm-hmm. And we're living in a culture today with all the social justice going on. There are some biblical principles that underline some forms of po- social justice. Right. But there's other forms of social justice where it's we're so enthralled in being the afflicted position. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's becoming... Even though it's the lower position, it's the position of power, yeah. in mm-hmm. a sense. The position, to, uh, the pulpit to speak and to point out. And it's this role reversal. When, in, 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 a, in a Christian framework, you're becoming more selfish and more, more abusive in that position while claiming justice. And that's right. the irony in some of this. And, and, and that's scary because what essentially is happening is you're, find, you're finding yourself in pride over your own pain. That's right. Yeah. It's like, well, I, I deserve all this attention. I deserve this platform because I suffered the most. Yeah. And in reality, right, you're failing to see what the psalm is trying to communicate, which is, but there's someone else. Yeah. Right. So as much as, you know, I can say as a black man and what I went through in the city, there's other things that, you know, white kids are going through. There's other things that Hispanic kids are going through. Right. And, and, and this, Korean kids are going. And through. Korean kids yes, are going. Yes. Through. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, defend, defend yourself. <laughs> and so it, it it kind of behooves us to say that when you when you find yourself overly focusing on your own pain and your own demand for justice, you're failing to see the conclusion of the psalm. Yeah. God is going to take care of you. Yeah. And that confidence is what compels you to be compassionate to the other. I wish the ancients kept the notes for these psalms. Uh, it is the medium of a song, a song and a psalm that really where, where God teaches the concepts of hope, of patience and ultimate justice. So rather than the songs of happiness and of, of love and of just having a good time, mm. what about the songs of Jesus? Hopefully you've been blessed by today's conversation here in Inverse. I know I've been personally convicted. We want to encourage you. Let's be agents of biblical justice in our society today. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week here in Inverse. 
You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Kelly Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.